Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as usual, Ethan Carter. What's going on, bud? What's up, Vincent? Happy well, New Year, man. Happy New Year. Welcome to Season 3. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. These unnatural delineations of seasons. <laughs> but hey, we were off for we were technically off for three weeks, so we can call this a new season now. That's right. I think most people were pretty were off. I'm, I'm glad I didn't have my commute, because I would have been going crazy without all my podcasts, but oh, like I, I will say that is the one thing that has been absolutely wonderful um, since Christmas Eve is my commute went from like 25 right. minutes to like maybe 15 minutes. Yeah, that's awesome. Right? And that, you, you know, you don't realize like it's, it's a short commute anyway, but like 10 minutes, that's 10 minutes more in my house. And yep. I like my house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So we didn't do... Let's see. We didn't do a show the week I went to L.A. Which we need Um, to talk about. We'll come back to that. Yep, we will definitely come back to that. We didn't do a show for Christmas. Um, Technically, the show for Christmas was what I did in L.A., which I didn't (laughs) tell any of you guys. I really wanted to tell everybody what I was doing. I know, and no one reached out uh, to see if I, you know... To bribe I, me, I know so. nobody thought we were dead or like wondering if we were at the bottom <laughs> of a ditch. I was. I'm very upset with all of you for not checking in with us. We didn't put out a show. No, actually, it's not true. Bear Maker did check out. Oh, check did us it? out. Yeah, he did check in to see. Hey, uh, I noticed there was no episode. Well, b- well, you you have especially been pretty active on Instagram and Twitter. So and, yeah, people and, knew what was going on. They yeah, figured exactly, it out yeah, pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we didn't do a show last year because last year. Last year. Well, technically, oh, yeah, yeah, we exactly. didn't do a show last. Um, because it was New Year's, because everyone else was taking off, and it's like, why are we going to put out a show? Let's just <laughs> take a week off, just recover, and come back stronger than ever. So this is us stronger than ever. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I guess we can start with uh, how was your Christmas? It was good. It was good. I mean, it was. I've, I told people at work, and this is going to sound crazy to people that worked through the holidays, but... I had a ton of built-up vacation just because usually we take a, a summer trip, uh, but Bettina switched jobs and didn't have vacation. So I didn't take uh, a, vaca- uh, a summer vacation. So I had like five extra days, and I'd already had the week planned. So I was off for like almost two weeks. And wow, I got to tell you, it, it is wonderful. But I, by the end, I was I was so like out of sorts. I was... You know, my I needed some structure back, and and it was funny because you know going into it, you think, oh, I've got all this time. I'll be so productive. I'll get videos done. I'll get nope. things built. And it, yeah, I just you know I just got unproductive and and nothing was efficient, and it was really frustrating. Actually, I think that's what actually irritated me the most by the end of it because I looked back and I was like, I wasted so much time. So, <laughs> so I was actually I really enjoyed the time off, but I was actually really happy to get come back and have some structure and stuff like that. So. I felt I felt very fortunate. I felt very fortunate um, that I we didn't do shows and we didn't do all this because I'm gonna I'm gonna let everyone in on a little secret. So if you heard the episode last week and you heard that I obviously that I went out to LA, which is the secret that I had been keeping, and it was driving me crazy, and I wanted to tell everyone so bad, but um, I was really sick. Yeah, I was really like really sick so and it was like the worst timing possible right literally i thought i thought i was gonna die i actually thought i was gonna die um i had the worst the literal worst cold i wouldn't say ever but i would say it's up there on the list of worst colds i could have ever had and and that was while you were recording right i mean you had that yeah so way to power through man i i went out to la so 
I should probably tell the story about yeah, yeah. me going to, going <laughs> to the airport because this is so Tuesday morning. I'm going out to the airport and it snowed overnight in New York. So I had to find an Uber on Tuesday morning. In oh, I the forgot snow. about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. My Uber, my original Uber canceled, and I tried multiple times to get different Ubers to try to get me to JFK, and it wasn't working. And finally, I got one guy to take me out there. Um, now, JFK is about 60 miles from my house, and it's the closest airport. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's not convenient at all. So... We get the, I get in the car, we're going down, and this guy is like Sammy speed limit. Like, he is, <laughs> the speed limit's 50, he's doing 51 and slowing down to 50. There is nobody on the road. <laughs> and because of the trouble of getting an Uber to go to JFK from up here, I waited, I was, I didn't even, he didn't even pick me up till quarter after five. My flight was supposed to pull away from the gate at 6.45. Yeah. And I had to go 50 miles. And I had to get through security. Yeah. So, you know, I'm panicking, I'm panicking. So I start, I check in in the car on the way there, figuring at least if they see me check in, they'll page me in the airport. That'll right. slow it down, maybe give me a little extra time. I get in the line at security, and it's like 20 after 6. The plane's already boarding. And I'm telling the woman, there's a woman standing next to me. She goes, I don't know what's going on, but this line ain't moving. And I'm like, yeah, and my plane's already boarding. She goes... Honey, you can't be on this line if your plane is boarding already. You got to get on the plane. Hold on a sec. Mister, this man's plane is boarding. And he goes, let me see your boarding pass. And I held up my phone and he goes, come on, come over here. He took my, he took my stuff, got me through. I was through security. I'm not even joking. I went from in the middle of the line through security in about 45 seconds. Wow. They expedited my ass to get me through as quickly as possible. I get through the scan and I'm standing on the other side and I'm I don't I, I have my shoes and I'm about to put my shoes on and I hear flight whatever it was flight 124 to LAX from JFK final call for boarding <laughs> gate 29 I'm haul, at security haul your, haul your butt Vincent for so <laughs> I literally tucked my jacket and my sneakers under my armpit threw my bag over my shoulder and grabbed my carry on and I ran flat out from security, barefoot, all the way to the gate. Thank goodness you did the five. You the ain't, 5K. <laughs> dude. You are not kidding because I ran. I made it from security to the gate in forty-five seconds. That's amazing. It was. I was so proud of myself, and I did it barefoot. Yeah. As I got to the gate, I saw three people with strollers making their way onto the gate, making their way to the gate. So I stopped for a second, put my shoes on. Hand her my boarding pass, and she goes, wow, Mr. Ferrari, you just made it. I was like, yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> when we got to the airport, the line going into the airport was so bad that he actually dropped me off at Arrivals. Oh, yeah. And I went in through Arrivals up into the airport through that, because I just could, we couldn't get to departures. Like, there was That's no way. If, and if he hadn't jumped the line a bunch of times, I wouldn't have made my flight, and that would have just really ruined things, so... Well, everything works out that should work out, right? So, it did. It did. Yeah. I made it. We had the show, which you all heard, and I managed to maintain my composure at least a little bit, and I was pretty proud of myself. Oh, you did amazing. I, I, I We were about to say this before we started recording. I, I know a lot of your story, but I didn't know the whole story even, and I thought it was a great story. I thought you could tell that he was 
truly inspired from it, and um, I just thought it was a great episode. I'm, I'm glad I'm glad he agreed to let us play it on uh, on ours because I thought it was a really really good episode. So. I figured it was a good thing because people have heard me talk about it even since I started doing this podcast. People have heard me talk about it in passing, right. but they've never actually heard the story. This is the first time. And by the way, that isn't even the whole story. Well, That's sure. the story yeah. that could fit into an episode of his podcast. There's right. about there's a whole bunch of other stuff that happened that. But that's the meat of it, you know, because it, it fits, you know, the narrative of his podcast, which is the the personal growth and yep. the development and all that stuff. But yeah, man, it was it was crazy. You know, I was the hotel was like five blocks from the studio. So I got to walk there. That's awesome. I, it was all centrally located. I had the greatest time. And then how, so I was how's the studio. I mean, the studio looks pretty cool from it. From what I've seen. I mean, but. It's amazing being in a real radio studio like yeah. I've never been. And it was like, wow, look at all this cool stuff. It's and actually, I, like equipment. And then then I sit there and I'm like, I don't have to do anything. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I, I you're, just You're have like to... me every week. You just have to just show up. <laughs> just show up. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so I'm sitting I'm sitting in the studio and I'm looking around and I'm thinking like I'm I'm getting like almost itchy because mm-hmm. it's like I want to do stuff. But I'm like, nope, you're not here to do anything, man. You're here to talk. You're just here to talk and tell your story. Yeah. I'm here to talk, yeah. And it was, it was, it was great. We, so it, how much production, like, is there, be, pre, like, pre, during, and post? Is there, like, is it way more than you, like, we, ours, obviously, but is it way more, or is it kind of not that much? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure the way they do it, for the most part, is just live to tape. Yeah, that's what it um, seems like. That's the vibe I get from it. Yeah, and, you know, they just really have a know. conversation, and out it goes, and... It's such a, it's such a, I mean, he runs the show like a radio show and it's right. just so damn cool. Like they're, well, they do it in a radio studio. That's, that's the first thing to know, right? This isn't done in like a, a room with right. like a computer and a mic. This is an actual radio studio that we're in. Which you'd expect. I mean, I, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. For this that, is for that level podcast, right? I mean, this is Westwood One. We're not talking right. about a small company, but I, I, I just loved LA so much and <laughs> I don't know what miracle happened. I don't know what God, angel, or spirit was looking out for me. I don't know if it was maybe the malas I was wearing that day. But that was the the only day, the absolute only day that I wasn't sick. Ah, oh, that's amazing. I, I woke up and felt fine, went to the studio, did the interview, went out for lunch with Amy and Matt and Sarah, and then... I went back to my hotel room and I freaking died. (laughs) And the next day I was like, I I have one more day in LA. Like I got to do something. Yeah. And I went to the Getty Museum. Oh, cool. Which if you've, I'm telling you, if you've never been to the Getty Museum, even if you only go there just to see the venue. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Actually, I haven't been. It's it's overwhelming. Yeah. Well, and as you know, I go to... LA area a fair amount for work so I, I gotta check it out but it's I, it's rare that I have free time I guess that's the issue make I'm telling you yeah. just make the time it's not far, it's not far outside LA yeah because um, I was in Culver City so I'm not re- I wasn't really in LA I was in Culver City and with Uber it was probably about 20 to 25 minutes that's not bad yeah it's not bad in LA right? <laughs> uh, yeah I, the, you know I'm gonna tell you something I learned in LA I understand why people in LA don't have cars yeah because Uber is a lot different in LA from how it is pretty much anywhere I've ever used Uber. Mm-hmm. When you call an Uber, you never wait more than five minutes. Oh, yeah, I did not wait yeah. more than like, in fact, most of my Uber waits were like two minutes. Yeah, absolutely. It's just an 
it's amazing. You well, don't need to that come much out. demand. I mean, that's the that's yeah. the reason, right? I mean, I mean, I don't know how it's going to be now with their new private contractor <laughs> law thing that they did. I think they may be killing the goose that laid the golden egg, but yeah. it is just phenomenal how easy it is to get around LA. I mean, after the Getty Museum, I went from the Getty Museum to Santa Monica to have lunch, and then I went oh. from Santa Monica to the hotel. I mean, I was literally at both ends of the area, and it was just a breeze to get around. It was fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I don't know how easily I could live there, but I feel like I was getting really, really comfortable. Yeah, no, there, there's definitely things that I I like about LA for sure, and I've got some friends out there and stuff. I could I could see that. See that I could actually see that more than living in the heart of New York City for some. Reason. Oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I'm, not, I'm just yeah. I um one of the things, and I don't know if I mentioned it on here. I think I mentioned it to you is that um at the like about a month ago I went vegetarian. Yep. Um, and one of the one of the yeah. great things is like you go to L.A. It's like it's you could be vegetarian in your sleep in la like absolutely yeah. you just you land you trip over one vegetarian restaurant and you <laughs> land into another i mean it's freaking it's amazing. almost easier to be a vegetarian than to be a it is yeah, yeah and even like places that like have meat and stuff it's like don't they have vegetarian stuff too i ate it i ate some of the best food and i'm not talking the best vegetarian food i ate some just of the like best, best food. food right yeah it was it changed my mindset when I came back because, I, you know, going out there, I'm like, okay, I'm vegetarian, whatever. I don't know how long I can sustain this, but I'm going to do it as best I can. Coming back, I'm like, nah, screw meat. I'm done with meat. Yeah. Like, that's it. I'm, that's awesome. I'm good now. So, yeah, it was it was a really good trip. I, so how's the, pla- how's the plaque received? I don't even know if we, ta- we probably didn't talk about it, did we? So, yeah, so I made Jason... Um, I took a piece of the green gra- the green glass acrylic that Bruce actually talked about it on this week's episode of We Built a Thing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He so the same acrylic. I heard about it from him when he was actually on this podcast. He told me about it, and I ordered a bunch of it from uh, Glowforge. And I, 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 that's right. I'm remembering now that you say that. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So that was the stuff I used. And I basically, um, Amy sent me a copy of his logo, which was, um, well, it wasn't great. <laughs> so over, a, over the course of like a couple of weeks, I had it in Illustrator. And I kept refining it and refining it and refining it until it was pretty much spot on to his actual logo. And then I just engraved it on the green glass, and I put standoffs on it and put it on a poplar poplar plaque and put hanging hardware on it. And then I sent it out to Amy, and I was like, I need this to go to you first, because if something's wrong with it, I'll have enough time to make another one, and I can just bring it with me. But I don't really want to carry it on the plane. <laughs> so I sent it out to her. She got it. She's like, yep, everything's fine. So she had it ready for me. And as I sat down with Jason... First of all, uh, so I'm sitting outside the studio. They had been recording one episode, and I was sitting outside the studio, and I see Jason's arm moving through the window, and I'm like, I'm and I'm smiling. Amy goes, "What are you smiling about?" I'm like, "He's like right there. He's like 20 feet away," and I'm like really excited. He opens the door after they finish recording, and he comes out and he goes, "Hey, man!" And I'm like. Oh my! Really I literally. Said, I can, uh, hey man! Like, yeah, totally. <laughs> he co- and he's standing in front of me, and I said, "Holy shit, you're actually here!" <laughs> and he just smiled. He goes, "Come here, man." So I went to I went to shake his hand. He goes, "No, no, no, no." We hug, <laughs> and I I just I hugged him, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I'm actually getting to meet you." And he goes, 
man, it isn't that big a deal. You're going to be fine. Everything's great. So I grabbed the plaque. We went and sat down and we started talking. I said, listen, before we start recording, I wanted to give you this. He goes, you didn't have to bring me anything. I'm like, yeah, I did, because it would be really rude to come out and meet <laughs> right. your mentor and not Without come me. with a gift. Right. And he opened up. He goes, oh, this is this is beautiful. I really appreciate that. And then he goes, don't worry. He goes, I'm going to figure out when I rearrange the home studio for the next round of trainings I'm doing, I'm going to have this in a really prominent spot in all the recordings. Oh, and that's right, because he always does those from his, his home, right? He does them from his home. So yeah, I made yeah. sure I asked Amy, I was like, what color is his furniture? That's right. Yeah, because yeah. I want to make sure the plaque matches perfectly. That's awesome, man. And, and that thing I, was that thing was killer. It was, I mean, I got the oh, sneak peek, and it was it was so cool. I'm, yeah. We were talking before we were talking before we recorded, and it was such a, it was such a mind f, how much he knew. Yeah. Because, I mean, we don't interact a whole lot, right? I mean, he's we've, we've interacted through the group. I've chatted with him as he does his podcast, and I've emailed him back and forth and whatever. But we've never. Like, I didn't know how much he knew. Right. And then it was like, you know, just talking to him, he's like, yeah, he's clearly aware of what's been going on. It's just, yeah, wow. No. And, well, I think he even said in the episode, he was like, people don't think I, I paid, you know, I, yeah. I, I'm not active necessarily, super active in the groups and stuff in terms of commenting and stuff like that. But I, I read it all and I know what's going on and, and clearly he does. So Yeah. And I got, you know, I'm not going to give away anything today, but within the next couple of days from when this drops... He's about to unveil something that's that's going to be freaking amazing. And I got a sneak preview of it while I was out oh, there. Sweet. And oh my god, I it's going to change it's going to change lives. Like I know a lot of people say that and they use the term change lives very <laughs> casually. I'm telling you, this will change people's lives. What he's got up his sleeves, what's coming is going to change lives. Awesome. It is absolutely going to change. And I am so excited that I got to even get the smallest sneak peek of it before it was it's launched. And I am so, 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 so excited. So, yeah, it was it was amazing. I mean, L.A. was just it was exactly what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be a trip for me to to network, to get some maybe get some listeners for this podcast to maybe grow our brand a little bit and I think I did that. I did the best I could to do it. And a phenomenal, man. I am so I'm just so happy. Like I came back going, I don't believe I did that. It went I could it couldn't have gone I'm it yeah. couldn't have gone better. Yeah. The only way it could have been better is if I wasn't sick. Yeah, right. Like that's the only thing that could have been better. I mean I woke up Thursday morning, I literally had not not a slight voice, not a raspy voice. <laughs> I had absolutely no voice. Yeah, it's one of those where I've I've been in that situation where you're on the road and you just like it's like all right, what, it's like Jimmy says you just got to get from here to the door, the door to the to yeah the, yeah to the parking it's... lot, the parking lot to the Uber, you know, because <sighs> you just you just feel miserable and you just all you can do is just try to get home, right? I was I was yeah. sitting there in bed. I was sitting there in bed Thursday morning and I'm just like I'm trying to talk. Now, there's nobody in the room, but I'm trying to talk, just try to clear my throat, and it right. just won't clear, and there's nothing coming out. Like, I'm like, if somebody were to try to kill me right now, I couldn't even scream. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because I was so on New York time, like, like uh, yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday morning, Wednesday morning at 3.45 in the morning, I was in the gym running. 
like <laughs> three forty-five <laughs> California time. Right. You know, there is nobody. The hotel is dead silent, mm-hmm. and I'm on the treadmill running, running three miles. Like, <laughs> <laughs> It felt it felt good to do that, and then afterwards, I got back to the room. I changed. I put on some clothes, and I went. There was a there's a vegan cafe. There was a vegan cafe, a couple of blocks from the hotel in Culver City. And I swear to you, I would go back to Culver City just to eat at this place. <laughs> I had stuff I didn't know existed, and it was wonderful. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was. I remember. I remember back when I was in college, like the dining hall's vegan section was literally like two little things of like two different kinds of tofu. Like well, that was the vegan section. And, 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 it's, and it's so much different yeah, now. Yeah, like, dude, it, that's... Yeah. So my perception of vegetarian and vegan was that I was going to be eating a lot of salad. Right, right. And oh. it's not that anymore. It's just nope. not. Like there's there's meat meat substitutes that are very good. And even if you're not doing the substitutes, like I, um, well, the recipes too. I mean, right? There are a lot of substitutes and products that have come out, which is great. But there's also just a lot more recipes and and people treating it as a true culinary. It's it's art it's gone just, from yeah. yeah, it's gone from an alternative yeah. to a lifestyle. Exactly. That's a and what I really do like is that you know I, I'm gonna and I'm just gonna tell you this, and I don't want to turn this into preaching about being vegan and vegetarian. People think a certain way about people who are vegan and vegetarian. I'm just going to tell you this. If it's something you're interested in, go to a vegan restaurant and try the food. Talk to them. They're very, the people are very enthusiastic about getting you to try the food. Yeah. Because I really do feel like once you try the food, you do get hooked. Tonight, the dinner that we had here was completely vegan. Completely vegan. Now, I'm vegetarian, and... My wife is not vegetarian at all. She's a meat eater, and she put chicken in hers, honestly. Yeah. But our dinner was pretty much, was for me, was vegan. Yep. And it's, I'm like, I always thought vegan, like, a oh, vegetarian would be tough and vegan would be impossible. It's really not. Well, and, it, and it's, I mean, as you, as I think we've talked about before, uh, Tina's a vegan, and mm-hmm. and I'm not, and, and it's, I mean, part of the reason for me is I'm allergic to beans, legumes, and um, and that just complicates things. Um, sure, totally. So, so it'd be, it would be hard. I could do it, but it would be harder. Um, but yeah, but even even just living with a vegan, <laughs> I'm a lot healthier because of it. You know. Sure. And but but to your point, I I definitely always had the you know the mindset of I respect it, but I like but I could never imagine actually living. As salads, vegan, and you, and as you expect seen, it to be salads and exactly, bunny food. <laughs> exactly. But I've seen all the stuff that, I mean, all the stuff that she's made, and mm-hmm. it looks delicious, smells mm-hmm. good, and, and I taste it if, if it's something I can eat, and it's always really, really good. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's a different, different ballgame nowadays. It's, 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 much, it's much more approachable. I knew I would be able to do vegetarian. I didn't start this intentionally. I went five days without having any meat of any kind. And on the fifth day, I'm like, huh. I feel better. <laughs> Why don't I just yeah. keep doing this? Like, yeah. just see how long I can do it. And Friday was one month. Wow, that's awesome, and man. It's like, I, and I don't feel like I, I do get the occasional pang where, like, okay, I was a chicken lover and a turkey mm-hmm. level lover, so it's really hard for me to not have chicken and turkey in my life. But other yeah, but than I mean, that, I, the other thing too is, I'm, again, I mean, unless there's a reason, I don't know, if, I don't know if you call it cheat days or what. But I mean, like. Once you get into the habit and you're not going to fall back, why not? You know, you can have yeah. it for a while. You know? I, I'm, I'm thinking of allowing myself stuff like 
like chicken broth. Yeah, exactly. Like stuff like, like that, that like, kind of stuff. Right. Yeah, that, exactly. But I don't feel like I need to eat the meat anymore. Well, I great. went okay, so I went out with I went out with my the, the girl I call my hot friend, the one I always talk about mm-hmm. the jewelry stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went out with her Saturday, and she's very good at finding restaurants. Mm-hmm. Like for like, well, and she's a trainer and stuff. In too, fact, so. in fact, um, Grain Cafe was one that she actually said she goes, "Oh, if you're going out there, try this place." Because I was just looking at the Yelp reviews when you told me where you're going, and this might be a good fit for you. I mean, she's like a freaking tour guide for a city she's not even in. You know, it's freaking amazing. But I had the, um, I di- um, we went to a place on Saturday called, um, by Chloe, which is a, apparently it's a very popular, like almost chain type thing. Mm-hmm. And I, feel like I ha- heard of it maybe, but yeah, I, I they have a bunch of locations apparently. It sounds have- familiar. Yeah. And I had, um, what they call chicky, <laughs> hmm. which is of course not chicken because it's a right. vegan restaurant. It's tempeh. <laughs> Which is um so which is soybeans I want to say I want to say it's soybeans, yeah. and oh my god like it was so good it was these little ch- it was these tempeh fingers in panko breadcrumbs, and it was it tasted just like chicken huh. I was like I don't believe it I'm actually eating something that tastes like chicken and it's not chicken and it's wonderful that's awesome and she had um soy chorizo or seitan chorizo whichever it was on her on her salad and it was amazing. And I was like, I can't get over it. Like, right. there's a cognitive dissonance when you start looking at vegetarian food and you're like, that looks like meat. It right. smells like meat. It tastes like meat. Right. It's not meat. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, yeah. So that was, that was, LA was, LA was great. That's LA awesome. was. I'm so happy you did it and, oh. it, and it lived up to what, it, what you'd hoped. You know, I think that's. Yeah. Awesome. I had built it up in my head so much that well, the only the way it could right. go was like down. Yeah, exactly. No, I and I yeah, totally. And that's that's the that's the scary part. Like I'm on the plane going out there and I'm like, "Oh man, this is, and I'm like sniffling and coughing and I'm like, this is just going to be a disaster. Oh. Please don't let me be sick on Wednesday. I don't care if I'm sick today. Please let me just yeah. wake up. Okay, even if it's just for a couple of hours tomorrow." And by some miracle, I woke up Wednesday, I walked over to Starbucks, and then I walked to the studio. And it was like, I'm ready to go. It's In fact, your body made it happen, right? Yeah. If you watch the video, if you watch the video of my interview with Jason, um, there's a Starbucks cup next to me on the table. <laughs> and it's just so typically me, like there's always a Starbucks cup That's wherever awesome. the hell I am. There's a Starbucks <laughs> cup. So, um, yeah, I didn't do anything really for Christmas or New Year's. Like it was just another day, but I took the days I took the days to just rest and I think yeah. that this past weekend was the first weekend where I didn't feel sick since oh, like that's the, good then. Yeah, since I did the 5K. Like the day after the 5K I started getting sick. Yeah, probably your body was probably run down. Yeah, and I haven't run. I haven't really done much of anything. I've just been like really like in the mornings, my mornings have been relatively slow. I've just been taking it super easy. And now everyone at my company is at CES this week. Uh-huh. So the stress level is, is significantly lower. That's nice. That's a nice way to ease back into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two, so we, we, you know, the two days last week were my first two days back. And that was perfect. It, like, it was perfect to have two days on <laughs> and then a break again. So, And now we're, we're back, back to the it. grind. It is. But yeah, like I said, I'm I'm actually excited. I mean, it was I, I had a great we had great holidays, we had great family time and everything like that, but it was it, there is something to be said to getting back to back to normal and back to the routine. So, oh. and back to making things 
that not the same thing over and over again, which you know I hate, which is oh, I think part of part of why I felt a little burnt out at, by the by the time the holidays came because I made batched out presents for for family and stuff. And I mean, you were batching out freaking knives like oh like yeah, exacto knives like nobody's business, oh, man. Oh my god! Well, I, so I've decided, and I I, I decided, all right, I'm not going to do one offs anymore because like I just there's I got other things, so I'm going to do them in batches. And every time I finish a batch, I've got enough another list of people. I mean, it, it's it's crazy. It's it's taken off. Which again, I think uh, I think Bruce sent me a link last night. I uh, a text last night. He said it's turning into your. This is turning into your uh, Duresta ice pick. And I'm it like, really oh. is. But no, you know, I, I love it. I I, uh, I love it. And I actually, that is the one thing I don't mind making a lot of because it doesn't take me a lot of time. Um, and it's kind of you know it's become kind of my signature thing. So I really don't mind those those. Those I'll make forever, and um, I've got I got one in Japan now. I've got one in uh, I've got three UK orders coming up. So when I saw him open, when I saw him uh, in his story, I saw the one in Japan. I'm like, wow, you really yeah. did freaking you have you've it's, arrived. It's 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 cool. It's fun, and you know I don't make a ton of money off of them. The, I mean the margin is good. I, I was, you know I was talking about this with somebody. I was like the, they're like she should charge more. I was like you know the the margin is a very very healthy margin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not a lot of absolute dollars. But it's not about that. I, I think it's for for something like that. It's it's kind of you know it's to get your name out there and get your get some exposure and kind of have a signature piece. So I'm, I've had I've been dis- happy with it. I've had a lot of discussions like that with people where they're like, you know, your your prices are probably too low. I'm like, yeah, but the margins are so good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's it's one thing. Yeah, I you're right. The prices probably could be higher, but and the margins would obviously be better. But would the market bear the higher price? And right. On a lot of the stuff I make, I hate to say it, as much as I put the effort and love into it, the answer is no. Yeah. Like, I know that if I charge, you know, I got talked down to earth by my best friend. She's like, you know, your malas are too expensive. Because I was originally charging 35 40 bucks for a mala. Because that was what a yoga studio would charge. And that was where I started my pricing. And she goes, you cannot charge that much. She goes, no one's going to buy them at that price. As soon as I lowered my price to $20 shipped, I make them, I've been making them like crazy. Well, exactly. Well, and, and I think that the other thing too. All right, so let's just use that because that's a, that's what I charge for the Exactos for in the U.S. is twenty bucks. And you know what? I could, you know, maybe I could sell them for thirty. Maybe I could sell them for even more. But you know what? Then the it's it's going to end up the same result because I'm going to instead of selling two at twenty, I'm going to sell one at forty. Right? Which which and uh, which is fewer customers because fewer really, customers. Exactly. yeah, and that's kind of. I hate to say it, but I'd almost rather have more customers at a lower margin. Well, on something on something like that, I think I think so. I think that I, at least in my opinion, I think yeah. there's something to exposure and word of mouth that builds on bigger things. I think some of some of the, you know that's the exactos have led to other business for me, mm-hmm. um, whether it's directly from that person or from just from the exposure. So I you know I I think there's it still has to be worth your time. Right, you still you still need to be making a uh, making enough money that it's worth doing, so you're not giving things away. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing that and it's something you don't mind doing, then it's worth it. I don't. Know. I I see that as I see it the same way with the cutting boards. Like I charge, I'm not gonna lie. I know I charge a bit much for my cutting boards. I do. I charge. I average about $140 for a board. I don't think that's too much, but yes. But But yeah, no, I mean, to to you and I, right? Because we're makers, we know that that's about what a cutting board should cost to an average person. They look at it and go, that's expensive, until they try to buy one in a store, and they go, oh, wow, they really are that expensive. Okay, I might as well just get a custom one. Um, I don't mind charging that much. Um, It took me a while, though, to get to a point where I was comfortable charging that much. Right. 
like a hundred and forty dollars for a couple well, and, of pieces of wood glued together. Like, what are you doing? And, but and you and I are uh, talked about it. I mean, you know, I uh, like leather journals and stuff like that. That there's a lot of work in that, and mm-hmm. I should charge more for that. And because I need to, you know, I I need to to make it worthwhile. Otherwise, right. it's 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 silly to do it at all. Um, but it's it is it's hard to get over that hurdle where it's just like. Is someone going to pay this much for it? Because you can go to you can go to Staples and get a leather journal. It's crap, but you can get it one for twenty bucks. Totally, and but, I'm not. And you know, you know, even with the with the with the malas with the uh, you know with the resin pendants, it was different because I'm not competing against a lot of people with right, those. Those right. are kind of unique, right? Yep. But the malas, I'm in a market with a lot of people now. Like yeah. that, there's there's a lot of competition, and the market will bear fifteen dollars. And I can make the argument that it's $15, but I'm charging you 20 because I'm shipping it for free to pretty much anywhere. Right. You know, so I can tell you it's $20, but you don't have to pay me for shipping, whereas a lot of these guys are like, yeah, it's 15 to $18, and then it's like $7 to ship it. Right. I, I don't do that. Yeah, you know, I I'm not. That, and we've talked about that before, but. Yeah. So I, but you, you, your margins are nice, and it's nice to, you know, I hear, I see, particularly in the Glowforge group, it's, it. Anyone that's been in that group will tell you that pe- the big question people always ask is, what do I charge for this stuff? Mm-hmm. Well, the simple fact is you can charge what it costs you and what, you know, and keep a certain percentage for your margins and you could do all that, right? Right. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. But just be aware that you are not going to sell what you could sell if you adjust your price to the market you're in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to say this is what it's worth. This is what my time is worth. This is what I'm going to charge for it. If you're a particularly skilled maker with a name that everyone loves and recognizes, like, let's They'll say... They'll buy anything, right. Yeah, like Jimmy DiResta can charge yeah. $60 for an ice pick. Right. Vincent right. Ferrari cannot. Right. There's no way I could charge $60 for a, no. a, an X-Acto knife you, you can buy, you know, without the leather, but buy for, like, six bucks, yeah, right? I mean, a, you're not going to... Yeah. No way, right. No, and that's... and that's. I love that people are like, oh, well, figure out your day rate, charge it for the laser time. Okay, look... You want to charge? There's a formula that people do. It's like a dollar. It's like a dollar a m- or whatever, or a certain number of dollars per minute. I don't even pay attention because it's so ridiculous. But it's like, <laughs> well, your laser is going to burn out over time, so you want to make sure you make the money. Appreciation. The- yeah. yeah. All right. Whatever, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. All right. But the reality is, if I charged everything based on how long it took to make it, then I'd make nothing. The reality is I don't need to charge you per minute for laser time because I'm not standing over the laser watching it. Right. There's a pretty good chance that while that laser is cutting, I'm doing other things. Yeah. Well, I think there's I think there's a sweet spot for everything, right? Uh-huh. And 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 that sweet spot's different for everybody too, right? I mean, as a hobby if it's not your full-time business, okay, maybe you don't put as much value on your time because you enjoy doing it, right? Mm-hmm. You should put you I sure as heck hope you do put some value in your time because that drives me nuts when people just price it for what it's wor- what it costs them to make it plus oh, like you, two dollars like that that drives me nuts you and me both <laughs> yeah so you you have to do but yeah if if it's your full-time business yeah maybe you need do need to put a little bit more value on time and and equipment breakdown and all of those things because it is a full-time business but if it's a side hustle and you're enjoying what you're making and you're making enough money to make it worthwhile and it's getting your name out there and all those other things. I think there, there's, there's, you know, that's okay to to not charge the top top dollar. I don't know. Right. And and you're not going to grow your name by putting right. a product out there that no one buys because it's too expensive. Well, the market, the other, yeah. The ahead. the market, the market price of something matters. Yep. If you don't want to, if you look, 
I'm, I'm just going to tell you flat out, if you don't want to compete at the market price, don't get in that market. Right. Or figure out a way to make it something that's unique and that justifies something for that price, right? Yep. I mean, that's the other piece is, is don't, yeah, everyone's selling those cutting boards. Well, figure out a cool, custom, unique design for a cutting board like the like um david picciuto's cutting board book i got that for my dad for christmas mm-hmm. and you know i was like when i first looked at the book i was like a whole book about cutting boards what could it possibly but every one of those cutting boards had something really really kind of unique and different and like that's a selling point and so that justifies a 20 dollar more you know whatever because of its uniqueness that you're not going to find mm-hmm. everywhere else right and if you and if your and if your mindset is that you have to charge a formulaic amount, then you need to find efficiencies wherever right, you possibly right. can. And well, I don't exactly that, like that's why I'm that's why I'm batching them out now because yeah. it, it was inefficient for me to print one packaging label and do that. Whereas it, when I batch out ten at a time or eight at a time, I can print it all out, cut it all out. You know, it and that makes it a lot more efficient. And I can package it and and go to the post office once instead of. 10 times, you know, so mm-hmm. there, I think that's a way of doing it too. And no one's ever, no one yet has, has, has said, no, I don't want to wait two weeks. Right. Yeah. They right. Don't care. Like no one cares. They, no one cares. So, and, and that another thing that I've, that I've, and, and, and this is something that people don't take into consideration, but so I go to the, I go to Home Depot. There's a, not all the Home Depots near me have it. So I have to go to a, a different Home Depot. Um, that's a couple of miles away. So whenever I go there, I, I stock up on maple because they're the only place that I can reliably get decent maple near me. I know that sounds ridiculous. I don't live in the middle of the city, and yet I still can't get maple. Um, and I use a lot of maple. So I need to be able to get it as I need it. So when they have nice stuff, I'll buy more than I need. I have a pickup truck. It's no big deal. Um, but when I when I do this... I do it with the understanding that if I'm going to make a cutting board for somebody, I'm going to have cutoffs. I'm going to have scrap. Right. That scrap is worth something. Mm-hmm. And this is something people don't think about. It's like, okay, well, I bought the material. The material cost me this much. And I got this. And... Yeah. And unless you're the most efficient human on the earth, <laughs> you're going to have a lot of scrap left over. And you're going to do something with that scrap and you're going to sell that. And that scrap's going to be worth something when you sell it. So. Take into account your materials aren't just the materials going into the project. It's the materials left over that you're going to make a free project out of later. So if you're worried about your margins because, you know, the maple may have cost you $80 and you're only selling the product for 60 well, you maybe have enough cutoffs to do another board for right. another 80 And now you've blown up. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think the only other – the only – uh, devil's advocate to that is if it's something that you you might not be able to use totally and, that's and, that's and, yeah absolutely and so like because i know there's a lot of people i think uh lizzie of house of timbers i mean she she preaches this you charge for like if it's something that you don't know that you're gonna be able to use for another project and it's a potential waste that mm-hmm. should you shouldn't you shouldn't discount it. you shouldn't just uh cost it out for what you use you should cost it out for the entire purchase because it may never Right, you any more revenue? So you got to think about it both ways. I yep, think. I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate that I don't have anything in my shop, or and I've never had anything in my shop that the scrap has no value to me. Mm-hmm. I'm very very lucky. I even had um, I had a cutting board kit that I got from Woodcraft that I completely just mangled the crap out of, and I managed to cut enough out of it and turn it into a wine bottle. Um, holder thing, the David like Petito ones. Yeah. 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 Yep. So, all right. It cost me $60 for a 
for that cutting board, had I thrown it away, I would have gotten nothing out of it. But instead, I took that very same cutting board and I turned it into a really nice wine display. And all right, I didn't make it all back, but I only lost 20 bucks on it as opposed to losing 65. Yeah, totally. The scrap has value. The scrap is worth money. And in fact, the two boards that I've been playing around with downstairs are both made completely from scrap material. Yeah. They were from projects that got aborted. Um, so yeah, there's there's value in your scrap. So well, just see, I I also love like I mean, and these are always they're not money making things. They're content type things or or things that I want to make. But um, I'm always like sometimes a scrap, uh, scrap piece of uh, wood or whatever. The shape of it inspire you know inspires something. So mm-hmm. I mean, I can think of two examples. Um, actually, it was probably about a year ago. I think yeah, a little over a year ago. Um, I had a piece of scrap, uh, I don't remember what kind of wood, but, uh, the shape of it just kind of looked like a spoon and a knife. Um, and it was a complete scrap piece of scrap and I carved it into a little like appetizer knife and, and spoon. And it was just because of the shape and it was because I didn't throw that piece of scrap out that it came to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing is the exacto knife stand. I don't know if you've ever seen that, if you saw that video, but it just, it was like a triangle type piece of uh, scrap. It was just a corner piece of something kind of circular that I cut out. And I just liked the shape and I turned it into this uh, little stand, almost like a ink pen, you know, the old type uh, fountain pens that uh, had like the little stand um, that you'd, put, you'd set the pen in. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it was like kind of like that. And I did that and add some magnets and some leather and stuff like that. And it was like one of my best Instagram posts ever. And it was just <laughs> from a piece of scrap. So, you know, there's, I don't know. I always just feel like it. you can... Get inspired there, from a, the shape of a piece of scrap. There, there's there's value in scrap material. Yes. There's value in scrap material. So I'm going to uh, tell you a funny maker story fail before we hit the break. <laughs> so you saw I've been working on two boards, one, both of them with Bubinga as the yep. basically the main wood. And one of them was a longer one. I was going to try to redo that same one I did with the Purple Heart and the Maple and put a big handle in it. Nice. Well, (laughs) (laughs) not so nice. (laughs) No, it didn't work out. Um, For some reason, I didn't join the circles very nicely, and it really just wasn't working. So I, if guys, if you have a mustache, (laughs) you can appreciate this. Trim your mustache. Now trim the left side. Oh, it's not even. Now trim the right side. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's not even. Trim the left side. And what do you, (laughs) you end up eventually just like, oh, no, I am screwed. And that's what happened. So, yeah, I, this beautiful board that was going to have a, an integrated handle, that's I lucky. ended up just lopping off that whole end of it. I'm probably just going to make it a straight, just a small cutting board. But, you know, that's learning on the fly. It was just I feel really bad because these, this wood was beautiful. Yeah, but. That's, I hate when that happens. But you know what? Such is life. Yeah, Such exactly. is life. I actually got my first, um, I was very excited, I got my first recommission. Oh wow, nice. I, so I made a piece, I made a piece for um the hot friend. I made a piece for her um for her mom. Mm-hmm. And her aunt saw it and was like, "I really 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 like that. Um can can he make another one?" And we made it and then she's like, and she didn't know it was coming. She goes, "You know, it would be really nice if I had a matching set of earrings to go with that." Ha. Nice. I know she had no idea this any of this was coming. So I made I took the bracelet and then I did um an inspired from the bracelet set of earrings. It's the first time I've ever gotten a recommission. Like That's somebody awesome. asked for something and then asked for the same thing again. And it was like, 
wow, I, I just realized that was the first time that's ever happened. Usually it's like, oh, I want this, but I change this, change this. No, I just had to literally make the same thing. I'm like, like they yeah. like the first one version this the, so much. Yeah. The first one was so good. <laughs> like, that's, all right, awesome. that's I'm, I'm hitting that point now. <laughs> that oh. just reminds me. Well, Okay. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, just real quick, how funny was it that we, uh, we basically brought Christmas to the Swiduck family? Oh, my God. It, it was you because have a, we make Christmas. I laughed so hard. So, for those of you new to the show, um, our good friend, Dave Swiduck, who is the host of the Adventures in Creativity podcast and the co-host of the um, Digital Soup podcast, two outstanding podcasts. They're if you're really not, great. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you're not listening to it, you're failing at life. So stop failing at life and go listening. Go listen to these two podcasts. Anyway, um, <laughs> it was like the gift of the Magi. Did you did you read that O Henry yeah, story? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It was the gift of the it was yeah. the gift of the Magi in real life. So um, I was approached by Dave to make um, engraved agates. Um, he came to me back in September. Oh wow! Okay. And I was waiting for. I was just waiting for my. I had ordered because I expected to be doing a lot of agates this Christmas. And ironically, I did way fewer than I expected. <laughs> Oops. Um, well, but I was expecting to do a lot of agates for Christmas, and I didn't end up doing as many as I thought, but I was waiting for them to come. So I finally got them done, like, the end of November-ish. And keep uh, in mind, I had no idea this was ha- anything. Yeah, so he's he gets them all, you know, he gets me and him work it all out. I send them all over to him. Everything's great. Three ag- Four agates I made for him. Okay. Then I find out. What well, did no, I find I out? I reached out to you because I was like, do you by any chance have uh, have Adventures in Creativity's logo or, or something like that? I don't <laughs> yeah, know that was what it, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, the logo. Oh, no, because I knew you had done the agate for... Uh-huh. Yes, uh-huh. yeah, okay. So you had done his logo or the podcast logo on an, a piece of agate for him. So I reached out and I said, to see if you had a version of it because his wife reached out to me <laughs> To make a custom leather uh, journal cover uh, for him for Christmas, and so it was just by chance. And uh, but thank- thankfully you did crazy. that because it would have taken me forever to get that logo into shape to be able to use with my uh, cricket. But yeah, it's it was. I it was, was so funny. Yeah, I I was cracking up the entire time. I'm like, I can't. You know, he you and I, Ethan and I were joking constantly about this. It's like, oh yeah, it's Christmas at the Swiduck house, right? Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> and then Christmas Day, it was like both of them were just posting each other, each of our stuff. It was like, yeah, the one that the one that really, I mean, obviously doing his logo was cool. Doing yeah. the one for his son was pretty cool. The one for the ones for his wife and his daughter. Now yeah. I got to tell the origin story though, because you've seen them. It's the turtle with the the hummingbird balloon type tattoo. Yeah, I don't think I know the backstory. Okay, so check this out. So Dave comes to me and he says, you know, um, can you work with this? And he sends me a picture. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, yes. Go. So what I use what I used as the inspiration for this was his wife's tattoo. Oh, I didn't know that. And he took a picture of it and sent it to me. He goes, do you think you can engrave this? And I'm like, oh, God. Mm. Like, it was like, because it's not like, it's in a spot where it's not completely flat. And it's like, oh, man, that's going to be tough. Like, and I have to get it. So he has a picture of it, which means I have to convert it to vector format Mm -hmm. before I can engrave it to make sure that I'm only engraving black and white. And I spent a couple of days working on it in Illustrator Photoshop first to really punch up the contrast to ridiculous levels. Right. Cropped anything extraneous. 
And then I just put it into Illustrator and just kept tweaking it and tweaking it and tweaking it. And after about, I would say I worked on it for about two, two hours in Illustrator, probably about eight to 10 hours in Photoshop, just oh, wow. really going really close to pixel. Like I wanted this to look really good because there's so much like important detail. Yeah. 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 I didn't want to lose that. So I was like working really close to the pixel level with my Intuos tablet. I'm just scribbling and scribbling. And finally one day I was like, I don't think I'm going to get it any better than this. And if I keep going, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to start doing the left side, right side of the mustache thing with it. Um, I just throw, (laughs) I just threw it into illustrator again tweaked it up and engraved it and I was like I don't believe this actually worked. It was the first time I had ever done a um a, a bitmap to vector trace in Illustrator and I was wow. so proud of myself for having figured it out. So everything that I've done since then like I want to just do the get better with this function in Illustrator. And I am getting better with this function in Illustrator to the point where now I'm starting to engrave photos on Agate. Oh, yeah, you, you've been sending me some of those. You, like, each one gets, like... Yeah, it's, not, the, it's not, like, step better. It, it is, like, game-changing It's life... Each, yeah, 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 it's significantly kind of, better. Yeah. The last one I did turned out so good that I feel like I'm almost ready to start selling these wow, as like, cool. give me your picture, I'll turn it into an agate. And yeah. one of the ways I was able to do it, and this is the this is the roundabout way of me getting to plug, Dave Swiduck's changed my life with this. <laughs> Dave, you have changed oh, yeah, my yeah, yeah, life. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I was struggling to do this process um, with actions that I had in Photoshop and cleaning it up. And Dave Swiduck comes along one day and goes, hey, can you engrave this? I'm like, how the hell did you get that to look that good? He goes, oh, I just used Adobe Capture on my phone. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way. You could do that with Adobe Capture. So I took my phone at work. I put Adobe Capture on it. I pointed it at my keyboard. I hit the button. And I had a, a, a drawing of the keyboard so in black and an white. app that you put on your phone? It's an app you put on your phone. And it's meant for capturing it. I hate to use, I hate to be redundant, but it's meant for capturing stuff. You can Mm -hmm. capture text with the camera. You can capture um, color. This is where it's, it does really cool stuff. Like, so you want to capture a color of something, you take a picture of it, but you set it to color and you can actually get the actual color from the photo. And then you can use that color as a swatch in Photoshop or Illustrator or InDesign or whatever that you're using. That's insane. That's cool. The, the I, app's gonna, ridiculous. Yeah, I got to get that app. It's ridiculous. You got to get it. App. Adobe Capture. Adobe Capture. Um, you have to be a Creative Cloud member, which I'm yeah. assuming... I I'm mean, not, but I, but I might. It's 2020. I'm assuming that if you're not already, you will be soon enough. <laughs> it's, right. it's one of those things that I just assume everyone's a member because I've been a member for years at this point. <laughs> like I just assume it's one... I think six years now. Or since they started doing it, I've been a member because it's just that valuable to me. Yeah. But yeah, you do need to be a Creative Cloud member. So unfortunately, there's that. But honestly, you get that. You could get, There's so many apps that Adobe doesn't really promote as part of Creative, That's creative cra- Cloud. Which is crazy. It, yeah. There's a lot of really cool free utilities built mm-hmm. into your Creative Cloud subscription. That's one of them. So that's what I, I mean, use. I think that... like. I mean, that's important to justify Adobe stuff, products. Like, Absolutely. I, I don't know why they don't promote that more because they I, should. I don't know. I have a feeling, I have a feeling it's going to happen this year. And I don't know if you saw, but today um, the big news is that they're taking beta signups for Adobe Illustrator for the iPad Pro. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did see, well, you know, I think it was, oh. it might have been Ant. 
that or oh. somebody somebody was talking about it. It was it might have been me because I remember tweeting you, yeah. it going, "This is my <laughs> yeah, most used app. Been, yeah. <laughs> this is my most used app from the Creative Cloud, and now I'm going to be able to use it." I'm no, so actually, excited. I think it was you. Now that you say that, <laughs> so we're going to take a break out. We are way later than we would typically take the break, but that's okay because we're just chilling today. We're back. We're back. We are back. Um, I'm going to take a quick break. Hit the sponsor, and then we'll be back. All right, so let's go through the usual um, C-block and D-block type stuff that we usually get. So we actually got a review, and we got feedback. And this is the kind of stuff that... Oh, God, he's going to cry again. Yeah, no, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to try really hard not to cry. (laughs) Um, But when I get feedback like this, it's just... I got two pieces of feedback. I'm just going to say it up front. I got two pieces of feedback. I got one while I was in LA and I did cry when I read it. And I don't think it was appropriate for me to read on the show. Um, And the person who sent it, I think you know who you are. You know when you sent this. You sent this feedback around the 17th of December. Um, I know you're listening. If you're okay with it, I'll read that feedback on the air, but I won't read it on the air without checking with you first. Um, and I probably should have checked with you before we recorded tonight, but I, I actually cried. I was in the hotel room and I cried like a little girl when I read it and it just, it moved me and I don't want to blow up spots and read things I'm not supposed to. I don't know if that was a personal message or not, but I, it, it hit me. It hit me right in the feels. Um, and it left me speechless in a way that, you know, I'm not used to being speechless. I usually can't shut up for more than three seconds. So (laughs) anyway, even if you're not comfortable sharing it with everyone on the podcast, let him know if you're comfortable sharing it with me, because I want to hear it. Yeah. Oh, I will. I'm going to share it with Ethan. I'm just telling you now I'm going to share it with (laughs) Ethan, but we're not sharing it with the world. If it's okay that we share it with the world, then please tell me so I can share it because I think it would help a lot of people. But like I said, I don't want to, you know what? I might go to it. I'll read it without the name. I think I'll do that. I think I'll do it that way because okay. I think the it's so good that I think we need. I think people are going to need to hear it anyway. Okay. Um, I did get a feedback, a, a very good piece of feedback. So we're gonna read. We're gonna read that one now. Um, this is from. Um, I'm not gonna read his name because he didn't say to read the name, but. Um, he said, it was feedback sent to through becausewemake.com. He said, Vincent, my doctor sent me a podcast you were on talking about you going through your treatment and esophagectomy. I want to thank you. It was inspiring to hear someone who's gone through this and is talking about it. I was diagnosed with stage four esophageal cancer and chemo started shortly thereafter. Since mine had spread to my liver, pretty much everyone was saying, we'll do our best to make you comfortable, but months is what you have left. I stayed upbeat because in 2007, I had testicular cancer and beat it. Thankfully, on my scan, the spot on my liver was gone and my tumor had shrunk. So they sent me to a surgeon who performed the esophagectomy on me. I weighed about 190 and I'm at 140 now. I've been fighting what I, I've been fighting what I can eat and what I can't, and I'm weak most of the time. I know I'll get through this and it's just going to be a bumpy ride. Thank you again. Wow. That's... My, my friend, you will get through this um, because you have the right attitude and you know... You know what you're looking at, you know what you're staring down, you know it's no joke. And a lot of people get that part wrong. It's like I said on that podcast, you know, I had a friend who I don't really think recognized the magnitude of what he was facing, and he didn't make it. And I hope that's not you, and I hope you make it, and I hope everything works out great for you. Um, Good luck to you, and Godspeed, my friend. Wow, that's... Uh, Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I obviously have no. Words. And that's not. And that's not even the one that I was gonna read. I'm going through. Here it is. Um, okay. 
All right. Yeah, this was sent December 17th at 3.42 p.m. So person who sent this, you know you sent it. Um, Again, I'm not going to read your name, but thank you for this because this actually made me cry. Hey, I've been binging your podcast this past weekend and have an odd thing to thank you for. But after listening to a lot of your episodes, I feel like you won't think it's too weird. After listening to the first two episodes with you and Ethan, I realized I'm quite depressed and need to go back on medication. The way you two articulated your passion for making, it's a feeling that deeply resonated with me, but I realized I haven't felt that way in quite some time. I still have the creative drive, but every time I try to get things going, I procrastinate and come up with reasons why it's better if I stay on the couch instead of going out to the shop. It's been affecting my productivity and my business for a few years now. Listening to your conversations was like an epiphany. My depression is back. I made an appointment with my doc as soon as I woke up this morning. Sorry for how rambling this is. It's difficult to fully explain. I don't really have a specific thing to thank you for, but thank you. I can't wait to get all caught up on the rest of the episodes. Holy crap. Yeah. (laughs) Holy. Wow. That hit me really hard. (laughs) I I can't even. I, I, listen... I mean, you you can get feedback from people and, you know, people will tell you that what you're doing is important and it matters and whatever. But when you hear something like that, I mean, it's just, I, I got nothing. Mm-hmm. I got nothing to add to that. That no. is just, I'm so glad. Listen, right. my friend, I hope, I hope you get through this. Just, I know, I don't want to be trite. I don't want to be cliched, but just understand you're not going through it alone. Right. And even if it's not one of us, thank you for reaching out and telling me um, that we've helped you through this or helped you at least realize that something wasn't right. Um, whoever it is, reach out to someone. Don't go. Don't yeah. try to power through this on your own. I'm glad you're going to a doctor. I'm glad you're going to get back on your meds. I- I'm really, really happy for you. I hope. I hope it helps. I hope everything ends up okay. And if you have no one else to talk to, by all means, talk to me. Uh, well, uh, was, that's exactly what I was just, just going to say. Just like I'm, you did. I'm no doctor, but I yeah. I am I will 100% support whatever I can do just to mm-hmm. talk, listen, whatever. So I have ears. Awesome. I, exactly. I may not have a medical degree, but I have good ears. They yep. function. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that was that was that one hit me really hard. And I'm in LA, and it was right. It was December 17th, so it was right after I did. That was the day I got to LA. Oh. I'm sitting in the hotel room. I'm sitting in the hotel room and I get this message and I just start fucking bawling. And I'm like, I couldn't, I was like, I can't understand how I'm, this little podcast about making stuff is, is just, it's just unbelievable. You know, and I think for 90, probably 8% of the people, it's, it's just us rambling and, and they, they enjoy it. That's great. Yeah. It's background noise. (laughs) Exactly. And, and and that's not, there's not, I don't mind being your background noise, (laughs) but, but it's, yeah, that's crazy. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, Yeah. just reach out, man. Yeah. Whoever you are. Um, we got a review. Another one. Let's hear it. I think I know who this is by the name, but. I don't want to assume it's someone it's not, so <laughs> we got a review on Stitcher from the user Dearth, and I think I know who this is, but I don't want to assume, so I'm just going to use the username Dearth. Um, I love this show. It's quickly become a must-listen for me. Great style and extremely informative. Got here via the Jason Stapleton program, oh, and nice. I'm hooked. Keep up the good work. Damn it, I love what I see. That's how. That's the second piece of feedback we got today of someone who found us via the Jason Stapleton program. Well, formerly the Jason Stapleton program, now the now Wealth, Power, and Influence. But That's awesome. So, yeah, 
thank you. Um, I appreciate I appreciate the five stars. And in fact, one of the listeners to the Jason Stapleton program has his podcast has his own podcast, and he invited me on uh, today. Oh, so congrats, man. I'm going to be doing awesome. it. I'm, apparently, I'm doing the podcast tour. Maybe I should write a book so I have something to promote. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, we want to do some uh, things of the week? Sure. All right, cool. So uh, let me... So this is your. These are yours. I'm going to actually do one. I didn't put on the list. Let me... Um, um, I'm going to do a quick plug. I have, We have a lot of things of the week this week. We're so well, bad about we're this. three weeks... We have three weeks of them building up. That's so. true. And it's funny because start, we started this episode talking like, I don't know who the hell, what we're going to use as our um, our things of the week. And then it's like, nope, we're gonna, we got plenty. <laughs> um, my friend Frank Roche um, is going through pancreatic cancer. And he has a podcast called The Adventures of Pan Can Man. Pancreatic Cancer Man. Pan Can Man. And he, sent, he just made the nicest plug of our podcast today. And it just, it, it was so nice that I'm actually going to read the plug because I'm a whore and I like reading plugs of our podcast. Uh, my friend Vincent overcame a very scary bout of esophageal cancer, including chemo, radiation, and radical surgery. And on episode 28 of his wonderful podcast, you can hear his harrowing story. And he's one amazing, and he's one strong dude. It's an amazing story. Check out Because We Make wherever you get your podcast. Dazzling, Vincent. So... Now you're, we're going to do that for you, my friend. So check out um, the Adventures of Pan Can Man. It's on every, it's on basically every podcatcher, every podcast directory. It is definitely a worthwhile listen. You will definitely enjoy it. He tells you the story, piece by piece, of how he was diagnosed and all that. And it's 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 an incredible story. And I know people, you're going to find cancer depressing, and good, you should. It's horrible. But here's the thing, right? Understanding what someone goes through when you're going through cancer, diagnosis, treatment, aftermath, surgery, all that stuff, even if you're not going through it, you may know somebody that is, and mm-hmm. at the very least, it's going to make you a little more empathetic. Yep. And trust me, that's something that actually matters a lot, you know, when you feel like, at least for people that are going through it, that like, oh, they understand. That's awesome. Right. So just give it a listen he's he's a really he's got a perfect radio voice and it's actually really aggravating how good he is after this like is like Frasier, his, uh, Frasier voice or yeah it's like you know he's got that deep you know that nice <laughs> i wouldn't say he's a baritone he's probably a good um tenor like he's got a nice tenor radio voice and he's got a very smooth delivery and he's got a nice little chuckle every once in a while he's got the it's he's perfect his delivery is great and he's he's very um He's a little bit self-deprecating, which is good. That's and like he, my favorite thing. Yeah, and he doesn't take it all too seriously. So uh, that's a little shout-out for Cranky Frankie. Um, it's a good one. It's a, it's a very good one, and you'll enjoy it. Okay. Um, two, what do I have here? I have, okay, so since we're still talking about vegetarian and vegan food, there you go. Um, my favorite YouTube channel at the moment is one called The Happy Pair. Happy and Pair. Okay. I want to get these guys on. They're in Ireland. And you know we are talk we talk about making and creativity on this podcast. So, someone that runs a food related YouTube channel that would that would fit in. Food's pretty creative, especially these guys. They make the most amazing vegan food that you've ever seen, and I made one of their recipes, and it was fantastic. 
it was um i sent ethan a picture of it and ethan thought it was fantastic <laughs> so um they make uh just the food they make looks so damn good it it's it has that nice classic this is just good food type thing going on it's not right. like shishi frou-frou like tiny little microgreens no, it's, it's and like stuff. Whole, i mean not wholesome that sounds it, wrong, it's but... real it's real food right right which is something that you know again we said this before but it's something that you think is not going to happen and remember these guys are vegan this isn't vegetarian this is vegan and it's you know hardcore hardly high, highly recommend it the happy pair the last thing i'm going to recommend um all of you know I'm into retro gaming. Retro gaming is probably the gaming I do the most. <laughs> I got a new handheld. It's called the the Retro Game 350, or generally um, abbreviated as the RG350. I the thing plays everything. It's just <laughs> I've got it playing arcade games, PlayStation One games, NES games, Super NES games, Game right, Boy what games. What is it called again? Sorry, I missed it. It's called the Retro Game 350 or the RG 350, depending RG on where you get it from. It's the one that has the big Ambernick logo on the front. Oh, of it. okay, yeah, yeah. No, it, be, my brother. That would be a perfect present for my brother. This thing is phenomenal. I and awesome. I, this is my my addiction. My addiction is. Um, Chinese knockoff emulation handhelds. Like every everybody has a collection of something. Yeah, yeah. This is my collection. I've been trying to find the perfect one for months and months and months and months, actually years, trying to find the perfect one. And up until recently, I had a very cheap one called the LDK game, and it was great. I used it every day. I still it's sitting right next to me right now. But I got the RG350 because I really, really, really wanted to play. I really wanted to play a specific PlayStation One game. That was my favorite PlayStation 1 game, and now I can play it anywhere I go. So the Retro Game 350 plays pretty much everything. Might take a little bit of tweaking and configuration. If you've never dealt with ROMs and emulation, it's a little bit tricky. But one of the nice things about it is there's a gigantic community, both on the websites, on various websites, and on Reddit, that'll tell you how to get this thing really rocking. And I have it playing every game I ever wanted to play, and I just throw it in my pocket and take it with me every single day. It's phenomenal. So that's awesome. That's another pick of the week for me. So that's wow. Am I three picks into picks no, of I the week? You had, one. You had a fourth one that you're gonna do that was would have been mine. Too. I did, but I think I'm gonna leave it to you. All right. So well, I can that stop means talking. I have four, I think. So. <laughs> oh, now, you have four? Or no, how about this? You get three. I get three. We have a joint one. Okay. All right. So the joint one is our good friend, Bruce Ulrich. Yes. Uh, so he came out with this live edge barnwood, uh, barn door um, this week video, and it was phenomenal. I mean, this thing is epic. I think it weighed over 200 pounds, was mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just this beautiful walnut live edge door. I, I don't know how tall it is. I mean, Bruce is... I think 20 feet tall um, yeah, and the door is bigger than him, taller than him. So, um, <laughs> so it, it was a phenomenal build though. I mean, and, um, but there's a lot of like, it, the edit was good. He had, uh, he, he did some different things in terms of like bringing some IG stories into the video, which I thought was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but there's also some humor in it. It's, it was just a really, really good video and in a phenomenal execution on this thing. So, And Bruce, as you're listening to this, we need to discuss your uh, cinematography. Because I don't know what you did, but out of nowhere, your cinematography game just jumped like 10 levels. <laughs> and I don't know what process you changed or what you did, but there was something about this video that just felt really different. And it felt really like premium pro, like 
high quality, super high quality compared. Not that your other ones are low quality, but there was something about this one. I don't know what you did. You did something. Something was different with this one. The the cinematography was absolutely fantastic on this video. It was another. Th- it was something I noticed as I was watching. Like, yeah. wow, he yeah. really did a beautiful job filming this. He did, and I think that <laughs> the timing is something. So I like what, one of the things I struggle with with videos is is feeling like I'm I'm dragging on too long with clips. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for Instagram, that's absolutely the case, and that's one of the things I'm getting used to. But but I think this video, I think part of what you're talking about is he he had the really good balance of not rushing things, letting letting the scene happen, but then, uh, but but it not feeling like it dragged on. Does that make yeah. sense? Yep, yep, totally. So I th- I thought yeah, I thought it was great at it. Really, really great project. So yeah, phenomenal. It was All a right, phenomenal so was our video. Joint, our joint thing of the week. Yes. All right. So I got <clears throat> three uh, different categories. Um, I'll start with the first one is another YouTube video. Um, and this is actually, I, I just looked it up. It's three weeks ago. So I don't think I talked about it, but, um, it was the, I've talked about, uh, Mike Clifford of industrial maker before, but he made this, uh, the DIY concrete and reclaimed, uh, beam bench. And oh my big, God. It's so cool. I mean, oh, again, it, even definitely. if it's not your style, it's so freaking cool. Um, uh, so he basically made this, like, I don't even know this asymmetrical, I don't know, frame, uh, base out of concrete. It, it, there's basically like triangles and all these different angles and shapes. So he did that first, and then he took this like I don't know how many years old. It's a hu- really old beam that he had from something else, and he cut it t- so that it fit right on top. And it just oh. it basically inlaid the, the concrete inlaid into this beam to make it a perfectly flat bench. And again, even if it's not your style incredible and he did a yeah. great job so that i i really want to get him on this podcast like i yeah. his work is just like top shelf he is it's just so different and unique but and and one of the things i like about his videos too is he's not afraid to talk about his failures because he messes up all the time and i mean that in the best way he yeah he he pushes the limits and and screws up and he tells us about it and then he, but you know what he never gives up i like and maybe this is because he's never posted, he never told us about it, but I've never seen him give up on a project and then and just walk away. He's always, no, I don't, I don't think he has. He's always figured out a way, whether it be the Lego guitar he had issues with, the Bent Wood, <laughs> uh, the Bent Wood projects he had issues with. And he's just a, he's a problem solver, as we've always talked about. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got a certain style. And I just, I and this this stuff. one, there were plenty of things in this video where I was like, "Wow, if he was going to give up, absolutely, no one I, I, would have I, looked at it I, twice." <laughs> I think I, I there's I probably would have given up on the first one. Like I just yeah yeah. So well done, well done, Mike. Yeah. Um. So all right. So that's my YouTube video. Uh. I think the other one, which is also a YouTube video, but also just kind of less about about making, is as we talk about all the time, make something TV. David Picciuto. You saw that video. Right? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! This this past week's video is basically just a, a talking head video about where he wants to take his channel, where what he wants to do in 2020, and it is just it inspires me so freaking much. Mm-hmm. I, and I love that he's doing this because I think I think his true core audience, even though he's known for woodworking, his true core audience is gonna really respond to it because for me, and I I I, I text I think I responded on to his Twitter uh, thing, I said, this is why I follow your channel is because 
when you're excited and inspired and enthusiastic about something, that's why I watch your channel. I don't, I don't do a lot of his woodworking stuff. It's not about that. It's, it's about when he's passionate about something. It just rubs off and it's so exciting and inspiring. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, talk about it. You've seen it too. Like what, what about it was so good? It was just really, really good. Right? I, I'm going to tell you, it's the one thing, the one thing that we, we've actually talked about it on this show is where it's very easy when you're a maker to get into a rut. And one of the things that happens when you're very successful, one of the, one of the, one of the, um, things that happens when you're successful in your rut is that you stay in your rut because you're successful in it. And what David Picciuto is basically doing is saying, screw this rut, I need to be fulfilled. And, you know, whenever we have a guest on, the question that we ask every guest is, what represents fulfillment to you? And I think someone like David Picciuto, I'd love to hear his answer to that question. Because he's one of those guys that's like, I am doing reasonably well with money, you know, the channel's doing reasonably well, and screw this. Right. Like, I... I am not fulfilled. This is not where I saw myself. This is not what I want to be. This is not what I want to do. And God, that's just freaking fantastic. It, like to so give yourself the permission to right. do that. Right. Like, oh, I'm 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 I am so motivated when I see something like that and you know, I have my own way of being motivated and I have my own plan for the future and all <laughs> these things that I want to do. But then to see David just kind of say, he's not blowing it up, but he kind of is blowing it up a little bit. He is. He's I mean, just lighting the match and walking away and letting it burn. And he's going he's gonna to basically rebuild. And I'm, I'm, so on, I'm so on board with that. So on board. And I, think, I guess that's my point, is that people that buy into him, well, like more than ever are behind him, right? Oh, like, yeah. Like yeah. Yeah, More than ever, and everyone knows how much big of a fan I am, but even more now, I'm just so excited for it. Yep. Um, and yep. well, and, uh, I mean, he talks about even, you know, he's done it Friday drop, video drop, every week for however long he's done Years. It. Years, Years, right? And he said, I'm not doing it. I'm not scheduling it. We're going we're gonna to drop the video when the video is ready. And that's a scary thing for something that where algorithms and audiences are used to something. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a scary thing. David Picciuto was part it. of my Friday routine. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. No, him. I mean, there's part of me that's like, oh, yeah. No, it was I'm him, not, Evan, and Caitlin, and Friday, him. But. Yeah, him, Evan, and Caitlin, and Kim and Garrett were my yep. Friday routine. Yep. So it's like, oh, no more uh, David Picciuto guarantee on Friday, which. You know what? Good for him, though, no, because absolutely no, exactly. Selfishly, oh. I want it, but I want, but I'd rather have him putting out passionate videos. That, yeah, yeah. So that I thought that was huge. I thought it was really, it was a great way to start the year. I thought that was a perfect video uh, because he, he's been talking about it. There's not, you know, that's not a surprise, but it just kind of put it, you know, concrete. You ever hear? Know. You ever hear someone talk about something and you go, "They're not going to actually do that," right? And right. then they actually do it, and you go. Oh crap! Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> wow! Right. All right. Yeah, totally. So, so I that, I just love that. I think it's awesome. And uh, yeah, all right. And then my last one, promise. My last one is uh, anyone that's been following me on IG knows that uh, I finally got my maker knife, and cool. I'm obsessed. Um, Vincent, you've you've had one, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I got my maker knife, and I'm obsessed. 
Um, but so I've been doing videos and stuff like this. But yeah, actually, I don't even think I told you, Vincent. So I posted uh, uh, some stories yesterday, I think it was, about uh, sandblasting and etching my logo into the Maker Knife. Mm-hmm. I, know, you, I saw the story, yep. Yeah, I was super anxious about it because I was like, the Maker Knife. I mean, the, the aesthetic of it is just so cool, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's just... And I was like, I don't know why, if I want to ruin this by putting my logo on it. Um, but that's why I kind of, I was thinking like the sand etching, because if you've ever seen sand etching, it's very subtle. It's not, it's probably even less than laser engraving, I think. It's, it's, it's just kind of like a very subtle. It's, well, if it, since the, the maker knives are anodized, it's just enough to pierce the anodized layer. So right, yeah, exactly. it's going to, it's it not going to, it doesn't have to be deep at all. No. And it, yeah. so actually I'm going to send this to you right now, Vincent. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I uh, I did it today, Vincent. You did it? I did it. And I can't tell you how nervous I was. I was like, I'm going to, if I screw up my maker knife, I'm like not going to be able to forgive myself. Oh, boy. So, uh, but no, it worked out perfect. It actually worked out really, really great. I uh, should have sent this to you sooner, but I'm going to do it right now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, so I did my logo in it and it came out perfect. It's very subtle. Um, and I love it, but the maker knife is just so cool, right? I mean, it's uh, it's a it's magical. I literally d- made a point to not bring it with me into the room while we did this podcast because all you'd be hearing is click 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 click. Oh wait, hold on, hold on, let me do it because you got yours. Oh yeah, it's right next to me. The... Oh my god, I've been waiting for this forever because I have the founders edition. I have the black one, and that's been up here. But then I don't have one in my shop, so in my shop I've been using just an old. You know, not old, not like a Lennox utility knife, a nice one, but it's still a utility knife. So I ordered a second maker knife so I could have one in my shop and one in my jewelry shop. So the one up here is the red one. And oh, red. oh is I it love gorgeous? The red. I love oh. The red. Oh, is it gorgeous? Yeah. Oh, what an amazing. Uh, I, I gave it to my brother in law the last time he was here. I was like, here, take a look at this. And he's like, what is that? And he played with it. He's like, but it doesn't close. I was like, yeah, pull back on that loop. He's like, Oh my god, I need one of these. Yeah, they're awesome. And that's everyone's reaction. Yeah. Well, and and I will say, all right, full disclosure, because Vince, I re- reached out to you, Vince, and on this, I got mine and it, it was sticking a little bit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I and and I played around with all the different like um, all the different adjustments that they recommend you make in terms of how tight you want the feel to be and all that. Um, mm-hmm. But it was still it was sticking. I was like, this just doesn't seem right. Like, so I, I sent a text to you. I think I said, um, is this how it's supposed to work? <laughs> and you're like, no, definitely not. No, I have two of them and neither one of them worked that way. Take it apart. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's what you said. You're like, something seems like it's probably just out of alignment. So I took it apart. I don't know what I did. Put it back together. Works perfectly. But I have heard, Vincent, that there's, there's a few people that out there that have gotten ones that... Uh, that don't work quite right. So I think uh, it's totally possible. They are working. This mechanism that's on the batch that everyone's getting now is a little bit different from the original one. Yeah. Um, so it could just be a glitch in the in the in the matrix, so to speak. I'm I was it's funny because I was playing with mine just now while while you were talking. And it's funny, sometimes it clicks and sometimes it doesn't. Now I it could just be because it's new. Right, um, but it's not like locking closed. No, you saw mine. Mine was like mine was like grinding something. Yeah, yours is grinding. Mine. I just realized now it's not really locking closed the way. I, well, is it throwing open? 
no, it's not throwing open. It's just very, I might have loosened it a little too much. That It took me a really long time. No. This is the one thing I don't love about it, but I do love that it's that customizable. Well, it's it a took blessing me a, and a curse, right? Yeah. Was that? It's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. The because, first right. one, it took me forever to get it dialed in to where right. I really liked it. Yep. Um, well, you even, know. so where do you, where is your uh, belt or the clip? Which side do you have yours on? Um, uh, let's see. On the long, well, on the long side of the trapezoid. Long side. So if you hold, if you're holding, huh? How do so I, the fr- I think the front would be if the. Okay, if you're holding it so that you can see the Jocko name on the edge. Yep. It's on the side facing you. Okay. So yeah, um, I think I'm on the back side because I t- I'm right-handed, so I, I switched it because it comes on the front side. Yes. What I'm calling the front side. And I love the look of that. So I left it there for a couple of days, but then I was like, I just every time I take it out of my pocket, it's you have in to the flip wrong it to use orientation. It. So I, I switched that. Yeah. You know what I've noticed, and what I've noticed is I don't operate it with my my ring my pointer finger the way you're supposed to. I operate it with my thumb. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so for me, yeah, for matter. me, I take it out of my pocket and it's kind of in the right position already. Right. I know that's not the right way to operate it, and I just can't get out of the habit. Like it's just that's the way I use no, it. So but that, well, thumb, that's but that's I think that's. What's so fun is that you can customize it. Yeah, it's I am, I am so happy that he came out with a red one because that was, I didn't really want the black one. I really wanted a white one, but I know you can't really do a white anodized right. thing and have it look decent. So, but red is like my color. So, well, I've I, already ordered another <laughs> silver one just because I I ordered a second one. As, you ordered you know. a silver one? Well, because I was like, this is my last chance, so I wow. got that one. Wow! But now, I, but now I think I'm gonna have to get a red one because you're you're a brave boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I gotta say, if you don't have one of these, you've probably seen them because now this is the batch that was after the Kickstarter. Yeah. So now everybody, this is the one where everyone can just go to the site and order it now. Yeah, yeah. They got. So, I think the next ones are going out in February. Yep. And so basically, if you want it now, is the time to get it. And I want you to all take um take a good close look. On the side panel, this says Founders. Yes. And you'll see my name. I, I did I did find that yesterday after you told me. <laughs> it's near the lower left side of the box in case you're looking for it. <laughs> I, you know, the funny, funny story how I got the Founders edition was um, Jocko on his Twitter, um, when they did the first Kickstarter, it was like, hey, uh, a, a couple of Founders edition ones just opened up in case you missed out on it and you want to get one. And I'm like... You know, I really want those ceramic blades. Yeah. I, I think I'm going to get that one. <laughs> and it's kind of neat that my name goes on it. And my first one is numbered, which is, I think it's like, yeah, I, think I, I love like, that. I wish, I wish I had And I, I remember seeing that and I, I was like, I, was, I bought so many, I bought too many maker shirts, blah, 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 blah. I was like, you ain't kidding. Yeah. No, trust me. I, I look, I spent a hundred dollars on a, on a pocket, on a utility knife. Right. I don't think it was the smartest thing I ever did. Yeah. However, I love it so much. Yeah. I'm like, I can look past how much I spent on yeah. it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Check out your uh, Telegram real quick. See, right. Let me know what you think. It, and, and if you hate it, that's fine. I'm, I, I'm going to be dead honest with you. You don't like it? I don't like where it is, but I love the way it turned out. Cool. Did you do, that? Did you do the stencil with the cricket? Yeah. Yeah, it looks, it looks really good. It, cool. It's clean as hell. I don't yeah. love where it is because I voted for the wider face. Yeah, but 
you did a really nice job. And you just did that with a sandblaster? Yep, just a sandblaster. And uh, so I took it all apart and did it right on there. You know what? why I put it there, though? Was because if you look right to the right, the circle to right to the right, mm-hmm. I liked how it mirrored that. Kind of creates a little bit of symmetry there. And and it's just, it's it's right in the front. You know, it's like part of it. So, yeah. No, I, I knew there was going to be... Uh, but, yeah, the boat was very close, actually. It was 55 <laughs> to 45. I'm very close to putting mine in my um, in the uh, Glow Forge. Forge because the red side on this is I know is I know is anodized. Um, I know the black is too, but I don't know how deep I'd have to go. Yeah, but I'm I'm looking at this. I'm well, it looking at it much, as we're talking. As you can tell. Yeah, exactly. And I'm looking at this now, thinking I could I could engrave this. Yeah, like, I think you should. Look. I think it, it, if you do it right. But yeah. Literally, I mean, the, the the power that I'm using to sandblast that is just in like a, du- a can of duster, so you don't want much pressure at all. Yeah, and the nice thing about anodized stuff, like anodized, all works the same. The only the only variation is going to be how deep did they did the anodization go? Right. Um, right. But I've I did for Dave Swiduck, I just was playing around with anodized aluminum, and I did a tag with his podcast logo on it, and. It was really easy, and I'm looking at this now, thinking, "Boy, I, if I put my logo on this, it would look hot as hell." <laughs> well, exactly. And the, well, that's what I was worried. I was so worried about it being uh, like too much, mm-hmm. but I think it's subtle enough. I don't know. I could also. I'm looking at it now, like if I if I clamp this the right way in the laser, I can etch like where he has his name on the top edge. Mm-hmm. I can put my I can put my own name. That would be oh, a nice way to. Oh, yeah, that would be really subtle. Yeah, All right. Now, well, we've turned into the Maker Knife, uh, and we should. And Jocko, <laughs> you should sponsor the show, and we would happily. You don't even have to send us product; just send us money. <laughs> we're not. We're 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 not uh, product whores. We're just money whores. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> money whores with all our millions in our podcast account. I think we're up to like thirty dollars. Yes. We're at a dollar. We're at a dollar an episode. <laughs> you know, it was really funny because I didn't run. We didn't run ads, and you may have noticed this, but we I didn't run ads on the episode from Jason's feed because I felt like that would be rude. And now looking back, I'm like, damn, I wish I did because that episode did really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh well. So I guess that's going to do it. That's our triumphant return. We do have. Um, at least one guest that we were trying to book before the holidays and the holidays just made it too difficult so um we're gonna get back in touch with him and see maybe get him on next week or the week after we have a whole bunch of people that we had been talking to and the holidays just disrupted everything but yep we're back we are back and we will be back next week same bat time same bat channel and uh, we will see you next week have a great week everybody and until then bye bye